Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Starting five podcast for the SB Nation Grizzly Bear Blues blog. I'm the host, P Shark or Sharky, or my full name is Paris Sharky, as you're gonna see on the flyer, but let the guys introduce themselves. Oh, what's going on, man? Y'all on Skyler, uh, at underscore Skyler on Twitter. Uh, I'm the shooting guard of the starting five. So Grizzly fan, Grizzly fans, Grizzly Nation, definitely appreciate y'all for uh, tuning in and listening to us. Yeah, man. Uh, this your guy, T. Dot Ship or Trev or whatever. I'm the corner man. So whenever Scouts are driving or whoever's driving, I'm usually the guy in the corner that's knocking down the three. Appreciate y'all, uh, Grizz fans, for kicking it with us. Um, I'm going to hold down the paint, get all the rebounds and collect. Uh, my <laughs> government name is Rashad Riley, but everyone knows me as Sheedy. Um, but I'm the garbage man when it comes to uh, starting five. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? Tev Shakir here. Uh, you might they might call me Tooth because they know me for ten plus years, but that's my nickname growing up. Uh, Tev Shakir, DJ. Um, if I guess we the Houston Rockets since I'm the smallest center in the league, but it is what it is. Like I said, man, new podcast, Grizzlies fans, right here. Uh, shout out once again to Joe Muller next and Parker Fleming for giving us this opportunity. Thank you, thank you, guys. Um, so you can follow us on Twitter at starting5, the number 5, M-E-M, on Twitter. Uh, give us a follow. But start off our first episode, we'll go to our background as our, uh, for our Grizz. Go into our background, our background as Grizz's fans. Then we'll talk a little bit about the restart and the scrimmages coming up. But so first up, background to our fandom. Skylar, we're going to start it off. Oh, man. So it was super simple for me to just be a Grizz fan. I've always had a passion for sports. I've always had a passion to talk about sports. I definitely love the idea of being able to talk about sports on a daily basis and to get paid for it. So around that time, I definitely had an interest in in broadcasting. Um, The Grizzlies had moved to um, to Memphis from Vancouver. And then at that point, that's all it took for me to be a Grizz fan. Um, I'm everything about Memphis. I love Memphis. If anybody got anything to say about Memphis, then you can meet me down there too. We can throw these hands right there. Uh, but that's all it took for me to be a, that's all it took for me to be a Grizz fan. And then just being able to, uh, to have Pagosol. Then at that point, then not shortly after that, uh, the, the Mike Conley's of the world, the, the Mark Gasol, the Zebo, the Tony Allen to, to have that type of team, the gritty grind um, era was again that was the epitome of Memphis. So at that point, I was just in love with them. 
I'm like I'm like you, Skylar. Like my love came as soon as they moved to Memphis. Like growing up a basketball fan, that was my favorite sport and still is to this day. Um, I remember going to my first game at the Pyramid against, ironically, Damon Stoudemire and. They're laughing. I'm pretty sure we'll talk a bit more about uh, that later. But just overall, man, just being able to have a professional team in the city of Memphis was big for me. Uh, like I said, especially as a, a Grizz fan. And growing up, you know, I used to fall asleep going on the Grizz games. You know, my folks would be like, "Why are you still? Why are you watching that garbage team? Why you why like why are you going to sleep? Like you can be watching something else." But it was just that love for basketball and Memphis basketball. You know, as it is, and Scott, like you said, when seeing the grit and grind like rise, it was like, "Dang!" Like they made it. You know, what I'm saying they really had a legit chance to make this to, to the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, going from there to drafting John Morant, which solidifies our future in the league, is like you you can do nothing but be a fan and just. To be real and to be honest, I did have a few years where I wasn't a diehard Grizz fan, and that was because of management. Um, growing up, you know, Scott, like you said, you look into the analytics of sports. I look at the business side of sports. Like, are you running the organization good? Is your heart and soul from the team to the management to the ownership perspective? And because I felt like Chris Wallace wasn't giving his all to the team and to the city of Memphis, I couldn't support him. So, of course, you know, I had a couple years where I did ban away, but I'm back officially a Memphis Grizz fan, and to be able to talk, you know, about the Memphis Grizzlies is a, is a dream come true for me. So, shout out to y'all for listening to us. Not a problem. Uh, well, for yours truly, uh, the excitement was there when the team first moved here, but um, the love was never there. Uh, just because of what Toop said, just from how things were being run, wasn't until the tail end of the grid and grind era, and then once Chris Wallace was out, and um, went, once Jaron and Jai were drafted, I was like, you know what? It's time to come home. It's time to buy in. So that's how it is for me, man. So appreciate you guys. Um, um, I'm the guy that's actually not from the state of Tennessee. Um, And so my love for the Grizzlies really came when they drafted an Ohio State player because I'm from Ohio, uh, which was Michael Conley. Um, I followed the team since then, um, but it really became more of a fan when when they got Zach Randolph. Um, huge fan of undersized bigs that know how to play and get the rebound um, and don't, you know, don't they put up 20 and 10. And that's what Zach was known for. Um, and to watch the rise of the Grizzlies since I moved here in 2013 has been phenomenal. Um, and so I became a fan more or less when I really moved here um, and saw the love that Memphis has for the Grizzlies is bar none. Um, and so that is really what drew me to be even more of a fan for the Memphis Grizzlies than I, than I was prior to moving here. Yeah. Uh, as for me, uh, like uh, Took and the guys uh, reiterated, when the Grizzlies first moved here, I'm everything Memphis. I do have other teams outside of Memphis. Like, you know, I support local teams. They're my squad also, but I also have other teams outside. So I grew up a Bulls fan, my whole family, Chicago Bulls fans. So I had to go through suffering losing seasons for both the Grizzlies and the Bulls. <laughs> um, both of them were garbage. So it was, it was yeah, sometimes. So I originally just uh, <laughs> removed my Bulls card because I became a huge Jimmy Butler fan and followed him. So so I like the Miami Heat now also. But Grizzlies, uh, you know, Grizz, first and foremost, that's the heart. That's where heart is, heart is home. So. We're diving to this um, first scrimmage against the Philadelphia 76ers on Friday. In um, the start off well at all in the first half. Uh, I think we only had 26 points at halftime. Well, we were down by 26. Yeah. Um, 
Well, y'all, what, 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 what's the word? We had a good comeback in the second half. We made a run. So, what are y'all thoughts coming from that scrimmage and what to look forward to? Uh, just initial thoughts. I was not concerned that we lost because it, it was just a scrimmage. I wasn't concerned about that. Um, my concern was a slow start, a very, very slow start. Like you said, only 20 some odd points in the first half. I think that's alarming for anybody. I don't care who you are. Um, so, that was alarming for me to start. Um, I became also a little worried about um, Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks was not good until, I guess, what, maybe the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. So that those two things were very alarming to me. I believe as we go into the restart, as we go uh, potentially into the playoffs, one thing that I want the Grizzlies to be aware of is we, we, we have to try to avoid the slow start. If, that's, if we're able to avoid that as much as possible, um, then I think that we can have some form of success, um, not even just trying to make sure we get into the playoffs, but potentially um, facing the Lakers in the first round. So, um, again, I didn't necessarily care about the wins or loss, the wins, the, the wins or losses. I just was concerned about the very slow start because you you get that's if that's a slow start against the 76ers, imagine what a slow start is against the Clippers or the Lakers or somebody else. Um, and so I just want us to keep that in mind. But, again, like you said, I was definitely – I'm proud to see that the team was definitely willing to to still continue to fight. Uh, Taylor Jenkins kept that starting five in there to get them um, develop some form of chemistry yet all over again, of course, after COVID. So um, I was definitely uh, proud to see they were able to fight back and make it a game in the fourth quarter. But to me, um, Ja, I think it's been, to me, the slow starts uh, starts with Ja. John needs to be aggressive from the get go. Mm-hmm. He always and I like I like his I like his mindset. He's unselfish. He takes over in the fourth quarter always. We need him like the Houston Rockets game when he told James Harden, "Tell them MF was about me." We need exactly. that in the beginning of the game like he did against the Rockets that one time. So we need that consistently. That could stop the slow starts. But if he comes out trying to get everybody else involved, which like I said, I understand he's being a true point guard. But that to me, that what. Um, that's how the slow starts come about. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, uh, I wasn't too concerned about the start in the first half because it's just Memphis just being a young team and being youthful. Uh, I saw Memphis out there, of course, being with all the time being off from COVID. They're playing a little bit too fast. Uh, there was a lot of turnovers. And then, of course, on top of that, not a lot of shots were falling in the first half, which eventually how we ended up down by 26. Uh, to Scholar's point, I'm um, looking at the box score now with Dylan Brooks. He uh, shot two of nine from the field. Um, of course, going forward, that's going to be a huge concern if he can't turn that around. I think Taylor Jenkins may have to possibly look to maybe going more with the Anthony Melton, who gave a nice little spark off the bench. Uh, surprisingly enough, we got a decent game out of Kyle Anderson uh, with 14 and 8. Um, Joe yeah, three threes out uh, of that. Who knew who, who knew he learned how to shoot? <laughs> uh, That's a trolling out for you right there. <laughs> uh Jonas Valtuz was chipped in. He had 20 and 11. Uh, Jaron had 13. Um, of course, the Sharkers point with Ja, he was 3 of 12. Uh, but if the Grizzlies are going to turn this around, it has to start with him, and he has to really come out being an aggressive ball for him. So that's my take on the first uh, scrimmage game. <laughs> yeah, um, that- Everyone's point the Grizzlies just look really, really lethargic um, to begin with, and it was like, Who's going to score? Right? Um, and so that that was spent like the whole first half, even though Kyle Anderson hit those two threes, like, well, at least one of them to almost close out the first half, um, was huge for the Grizzlies. 
my thing about the Grizzlies is, and this is very unfortunate, but it's a stat. When Dylan Brooks scores over 20 points, we're pretty good team. Like we're <laughs> definitely above 500 when he scores above 20 points. Yeah. Um, and I don't have that actual stat, but when he doesn't score 20 points, we're hurting. I think we were undefeated at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Lost one game. yeah. So the point the point is that Dylan has to get started, and I don't know how, whether that's coming off the bench or a few other ones um, for us. I'm not – we lost to a team that I don't believe is championship material anyway, um, and so I don't <laughs> really mind the 76ers loss in a scrimmage. Um, I just wanted to see more rhythm um, mm-hmm. for us. Um, we did mention uh, – Scott mentioned about the chemistry – um, but it's also a rhythm when it comes to shooters. And even Tyus Jones was missing these bunnies, you know, right at the rim, yeah. just a game they of inches. Make, yeah. um, that, yes, to your point, they, he definitely always makes in game time, uh, but just not there yet in Orlando. But I can't wait for that to pick up. And I look forward to a great ending uh, for our season for the Grizzlies this upcoming season. Well, this this season that we're in right now, excuse me. Um, I, I know this is a scrimmage, but I'm somebody that's looking way into the future because the season starts next week. And I know this is the first time, you know, the players are getting the, the, the rest off and everything, but the sense of urgency has gotten to be there. Like the Sixers are statistically one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league, and they were open pretty much the whole game. And I think, you know, even though the rust is everything is getting off, we can't allow that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Joel Embiid didn't play the second half and, you know, we still lost the game. To me, that's an issue when our starting five still play the majority of the second half. So I think the sense of urgency for one and the chemistry, I'm, 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 I'm appreciative because Jenkins did leave ever the, the starting five out for an extended time just for that chemistry to start going. But Shark, you hit it on the head like it all starts with Ja. You know what I'm saying? He was missing, you know, easy layups that I've seen him hit a hundred thousand times already in the season. But I think that's due to being rest. So I do expect us to have a much better game against the Rockets. Um, but it, it, we we got to see some kind of one consistency within our shooters, especially with Dylan Brooks coming. We got to figure out if he's going to come off the bench or how is he going to warm up because he is a huge part of our offense, believe it or not. But we do have to get him going. And I think, like like I told Joe, the best way to get that going is, 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 to, is to have him coming off the bench so he can shoot as much as he wants. By the end of the game, we'll know who got the high handle or not. You know what I'm saying? But then number two is like we 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 gotta be more more resilient on defense because those open threes against the sixes. Mm-hmm. Granted, ben, leaving Ben Simmons open, pretty smart idea actually. But to see all the other shooters wide open for the majority of the game, it was kind of like sad to watch. But you know what I'm saying? The rest is getting off. It's the first game. So we 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 gotta pick up that defensive intensity for sure. Yeah, that's what frustrated me the most during the game was the open threes, giving them up. I'm like, you just can't. I mean, even Joe and B can shoot. And mm-hmm. Jonas is like, hey, here you go. Like, you gotta play defense, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I I'm sorry, you know. Yeah, and I just think I think that's a product of just not being able to score on offense. I think at the end of the day, I think everybody says that if you're playing well on offense, then that it dick that dictates your defense. Well, again, with it being the end of the season, with it being crunch time, there's no like there's a room for like, okay, well, we're not playing well offensively, so we'll just kind of like do whatever we want to do on defense. No, it's just a matter of like, okay, if we're not scoring on offense, we can maybe be able to score on offense if we continue to compete and get after it on defense. So, again, like I'll say, you just continue. You have to make sure that you're getting up on these shooters, make sure that they're, they're, they're not giving space, um, put hands on people because, again, it's it's playoff basketball. So do whatever you can to make sure you, um, you're you doing something on the offensive end. 
which to their credit, they did start to pick up the intensity in the second half. Yeah. And that's why, even though we still lost and they took the starters out, I mean, you were down by 26. I mean, it's, it's a lot to come back from. Sure. They made their run, got it within seven single digits. Um, that's all we can ask. It was within five at one point. Five, you know. The bench has to be a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. That's really when Philadelphia took off. Because mm-hmm. when the stars were still in, now Taylor, Jen- Taylor Jenkins did take the starters out pretty early. Mm-hmm. He did make his rotations pretty quickly. But yeah, that bench came in. That's when the lead went from six to 20. Yeah. It was the bench. Quickly. So they have to, like I said, Ty Jones in the runners. Josh Jackson, you can tell he was rusty. Just uh, get them guys. You know, it's going to take rhythm. I do hate like the rust. It's kind of excuse to me, but it's kind of another reason because I'm thinking Philadelphia, they're supposed to technically be rusty also. So, mm-hmm. can't, Russ can't be the sole reason for how that scrimmage hole, how the whole scrimmage went. Yeah, 23 points from our bench in the last game, and the majority of those came from Brandon Clark and the Anthony Melton. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. start lighting up in the second half. Yeah, and if you're, to Skyler's point, if you're not scoring on offense, then you turn up on defense, right, and provide yourself that, that good, easy bucket. Transition, um, yep. Um, I, I I don't know why we don't we didn't force the ball out of maybe Ben Simmons' hands or someone else's hands as they're coming down the court because I think we're better defensively, uh, one of the better defensive teams in the league. Um, and so you pressure the ball handler, and then you know you get your easy buckets, your easy two points, three points, whatever it may be um, from that. So I look forward to a much better defensive output for four quarters of basketball um, moving forward against the Rockets and and all the other teams, but. Uh, it's got to be four quarters of basketball, not two. Yep. Speaking of Rockets, speaking of Rockets, so we're recording on Sunday and before the scrimmage gets the Rockets. So this episode come out after the Rockets scrimmage. So I just want to know what y'all would like to see in the upcoming. We got the Rockets in the Miami Heat. <laughs> Don't take a dollar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing. Who has stunk it up? Great, great, great. We'll talk about that. In a yes, no. What would y'all like to see in these two games? <laughs> um, I like to, to your point uh, previously. Um, I just want to see Jabi. I want him to be more aggressive. Um, coming out from the moment the game tips, I want him just to continuously attack, attacking the basket. Because if he's continually attacking the basket early, I think that that helps everybody else. It's just I think it's amazing. We talked about this on other podcasts, but it's amazing how when you have some when you're happy. Oh, when somebody else is doing their particular job, it makes somebody else's job that much easier. So when you see John Moran is getting to the basket, he's making layups, he's making jumpers. That that allows Dylan Brooks to relax a little bit. That allows um, Cal Anderson to relax a little bit. So there's not so much pressure on them to make shots or or De'Anthony Melton to come in and per, and quickly be able to produce. So that's something I'm looking forward to. Him just coming into the game, um, selling everybody down, and just getting off to a quick start, a much better start into that. Mm-hmm. Well, same here. I do expect the Grizzlies to get off to a better start um, against the Rockets. I do expect John Morant to be a tad bit more aggressive uh, in this game uh, because we all know that John pays attention to any and everything that's been going on, all the talk and things of that nature. And I'm pretty sure he has this in his mind as well because the last time that he was on the court against the Rockets in Houston, it wasn't the greatest of sights. Uh, Russell Westbrook just had a field day with him and the rest of the Grizzlies that night. Uh, so I do expect him to come out fired up. I expect the rest of the team to come out fired up. Um, as Scott just said, just have Josh set the tone with his aggressiveness and then settle everyone down. So that way, just him getting to the basket and creating shots for others. Um, I do expect the Grizzlies to come out much better this week. 
Uh, like I said earlier, just a, a better sense of urgency, especially on defense. Like if you're not hitting anything on offense, at least make sure you're playing twice as hard on defense. Like we're going against the Rockets who will five out, shoot the ball the whole game if they have to. You know what I'm saying? So we playing this part often, um, defensively against the Sixers. You know what I'm saying? We're going to have to step it away up against the Rockets. Um we got to play like the playoffs is next week because it is. So I'm expecting us to play a lot better, and I'm pretty sure we will. So that's all I got to say. Yeah, um, to me, who I want to see have a, a great impact um, that we kind of already kind of talked about is Dylan Brooks, but that's not really my pick actually for this one. Uh, my pick is actually uh, Jonas Valchunas. Um, he had 20 and 11 last game, um, and that was with a – kind of a, a big, so to speak, that could actually defend him. Um, now you have a small lineup with the Rockets. Um, and so the focal point should and could be, you know, pick and roll and going deep down with him. Uh, when you're talking about Ja being aggressive and Giannis following down, there is no one else that can protect the rim for the Rockets if Giannis is down there. If Giannis is down there, excuse me, Giannis. Um, and so I look forward to actually like a 25 in, in, in 12 game. I like to see that from him because I know he can – produce that. Um, and that's huge. And, you know, spread the floor open for the other people. And I think Triple J hits like two to three three-pointers during the game, too. Um, and that's just me um, for that South Memphis jumper you got. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I know, um, and I, I apologize for keep saying the, the playoffs are next week. I know it's a regular season, but to me, it's playoffs a bus. You know what I'm saying? You got to have that. You got to have that it's playoff time kind of mentality going into next week because if you don't, we won't be in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So I know a lot of teams are, especially Portland, that's a team I think that we're going to have to watch out for because that experience is going to start kicking in just like that with Damon and CJ. You know, we got Skinny Mello uh, that's coming out too. So I think we got to play with that. It's a playoff game mentality or we're going to end up losing. Man, seeing Mello, that was wild. It didn't look right. <laughs> I don't think he's ever been this skinny. <laughs> like, he went back to Syracuse. Right. Exactly. Like, 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 but um, actually, it starts this week, too, on your birthday. <laughs> on my, on my birthday. I'm, yeah. It is Sunday, huh? Yeah. I mean, I yes. can say the Monday beginning of the week, but it is what it is. Shout out to you. <laughs> first, man. We finally get some real basketball going. I'm excited. Yep. Um, July 31st, we played Portland, the team you just mentioned. So, yeah, well, I want to see these upcoming scrimmages. One, we know they're going to get up for the heat just because of $100 on, on the court. Um, the Rockets saying, like I said, when this recording comes out, they already played it. We're recording before the game happens. Um, I want to see, like I said, JV dominate. Um, defense, I need to see somebody. I need – y'all to guard three points against Philadelphia. You have to. You have to. I ain't no – It's all on the court. It's five out. So. Right. Exactly. I could possibly give you a pass in Philadelphia because you could say, hey, they ain't got enough shooters, okay? But Shake Milton had uh, – yeah, Shake Milton, I said his name right. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's yeah. he been lighting up since he's been starting lineup. So, you know, you definitely can't do that against Houston. Um, but I feel like Ja, he respects for us a lot. He wants to come out, be aggressive. So, I think – I hope that looks like it's going to be a pretty good matchup. But, um, well, y'all, expectations for the restart. I know we all agreed on five for three as a whole. For in playoffs, straight in, no uh, play-in game. So, what are y'all actual expectations? One by one, uh, actual record and stuff. Uh, I was. Uh, I know we have already said five and three, but what I'm also looking forward to with the restart um, is again a, a hungry John Moran. I know we mentioned uh, we talked about this with Joe with Joe um, not too long ago, but 
I'm expected to see a much more even hungrier John Morant. Uh, I know he was he was already doing his thing pre-COVID, and I think he's going to continue to do his thing um, even after COVID and going into the restart. So I'm definitely looking forward um, to having um, a really good John Morant, him being able to solidify that he is the rookie of the year and there's nobody else that needs to be discussed after that. So I'm looking forward to that. And then just also, again, uh, I know a couple of us have talked about uh, Josh Jackson. I'm looking forward to see what – um, how many minutes he gets, how, how he looks in those minutes. If he's able to kind of steal a couple of minutes because Dylan Brooks is struggling, or if he's able to steal some minutes, well, he's already going to steal minutes because we no longer have uh, Justice Winslow. So I'm also just look. those are the two really key guys that I'm looking forward to to say, okay, I really look, I really feel confident about the Grizzlies chances against the Lakers in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Seeing the Lakers' first two scrimmages, um, you know, you know, got to hit the song "Upset." I bumped it the other day when like the Grizzlies beating the Lakers. That's the upset. Yeah. If they just beat them one time, bump that song. The rest, I can say on that one. For me, I do as we all discussed on uh, with Joe. Uh, I do expect the Grizzlies to go find five and three in these eight games and uh, locking up the last spot for the playoffs. I do think that they would uh, steal the game from the Lakers, just one. No, I'm not going to get carried away. Um, to Scholar's point, he said he's looking for a much better, a much hungrier John Moran. I'm looking for a hungrier Grizzlies team as a whole. Um, and we've said it at nauseum. It starts with Dylan Brooks, who's been struggling, who's got to start getting his shots. Um, at some point, if he's not, if that this slump continues, you've got to look at possibly going with DeAnthony Melton or possibly Josh Jackson. I'm also excited to see what Josh Jackson has to bring uh, to the fold to the fold coming off the bench, potentially being that spark plug for the Grizzlies. So um, five and three, eight seed, at least one game against the Lakers. That's how I uh, see everything playing out. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Five and three is is a staple here uh, for the starting five. So that that we'll move past that. Um, the uh, hmm, how I want to say. <sighs> A player that I feel like needs to lock in, besides Ja, Ja is the head of the snake, uh, head of the snake that leads us, right? Um, but we need role players. When it comes to the playoffs, you need role players because you never know when that role player is going to win a game or games for you. Um, I.e., if we're going to talk about Memphis, it's all about Mike Miller, right, um, who came off for the Heat and gave some great quality games with Shane Batty, again, another Memphis Grizzlies player. Um, but – if we don't have someone that can just step up and be that player, then it's going to be hard for Ja and anyone else to lead this team without having strong role players play their position. So to your point, Trevor, you said earlier about the bench needing to step up. Uh, everyone needs to step up, right? Exactly. Uh, for that 20 points, that's not our bread and butter. Our bread and butter is heavy scoring from the bench. And so that's what got us to the dance. That's what got us to the AFC. And if we don't have that, then we are in trouble, even with the Lakers, especially with the Lakers. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well said, man. I think we had like I think we led the league in bench scoring or something like that. Um, I, I need to look back on that. But our bench definitely have to step it up because they are wait, wait, what keeps us going? Um, five and three, of course. I think if we can get to the playoffs, it'll be because we are definitely rolling. Um, y'all say one game against the Lakers. I'm willing to go too. You know, um, that's just me. I think we can get to, especially out of seven-game series, I think we can squeeze in two of them, um, especially in one of the earlier rounds. But one thing I want us to really pay attention to, um, the five and three really came for me uh, because I'm not sure how the last three games to end for one on our side and for 
for for uh, for two on the Portland Trailblazers side. So if I could pull this up, our last three games are against Toronto, Boston, and Milwaukee, which are like the top three, top four uh, in this in the East. And the last three for the Trailblazers will be Brooklyn, Dallas, and Philadelphia. I think it'll be key for us to know whether, you know, certain players will be playing, especially with these being in the last games of the regular season. You know, a lot of teams won't want their star players to get hurt, you know, like Milwaukee and Giannis or Toronto with Siakam or Boston with, you know, their core four. Um, so I think that'll be very key in, in, in us making the playoffs as well. But I think regardless, we can go five and three and, and, and squeeze on in there. You know, I think um, three and five is definitely gets us. We we probably solidified it with the three and a half game lead. We probably three and five. We solidified eight seed yep. uh, yep. playing. We made eight seed and we had a playing game, which we wanted to win one game. We go below that. I think two and six or one and seven. I don't perceive um, predicted to happen. We'll probably be the nine seed. We had to win two playing games. So either way, we at least be in the playing game. Five and three. I think we're eight spot in. Nobody. Mm-hmm gets within four games, in my opinion. Um, so that's why, I, like I said, we already said five and three. That's why I expect. I do want to make a point about Dylan Brooks. I have said before on another podcast, let's be real, um, especially early in the season, why I didn't like him. Um, I always say he's going to have to be the sixth man. And when we become a contender, he's not going to be starting shooting guard. He's either going to be our sixth man or he's not going to be on the team. Because he's a buck. The way he plays, his style of play, one-on-one ISO, that's more of a Lou Williams type of player. Jamal Crawford, a six-man mm-hmm. hitter. But the difference with him, he does play defense. I give him that. Yeah. He gives a lot of F on defense. He's one of our better defenders. But I do think um, – I think Joe Mullen next to me mentioned this. He said he thinks De'Anthony Melton – it's really a question. De'Anthony Melton might be the better long-term starting two-guard fit for us. Yeah. And I do agree with that notion that he made on that one. But um, to hop on the national media for a second, shout out to Jaden Rose. Somebody mm-hmm. finally gave yeah. us a respect. Finally, somebody in the national media was said. Yeah. Yeah. said there was wow. all of his chess. He wants everybody yes. to know that. Please stop giving the Pelicans so much, so much hype. I know the Trailblazers are back there somewhere behind the Grizzlies. I know the Kings are. They still on HGPS trying to figure out where the ACD is. So <laughs> please put the respect on the Spurs. The Spurs don't even need yeah, to make right. a trip. Um, please put some respect on the Memphis really. Shout out to Jalen Rose, one of the realest that is. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, that recaps. It ends the first episode, man. One episode in. Good, got yes. hundred more to go. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right, remember to follow us at, uh, on Twitter at starting five the number five mil m e m. And follow the rest of us, me at the one D A O N E underscore P Shark. Hey, underscore Scott Leo. I'm at the auto travel, first letter of each word capitalized except of, because that's the preposition. Remember your name. <laughs> Killed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm at Tab Shakir, T E V S H A K I R. It's really shitty. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> also, follow SB Nation uh, at, with SBN, at SBN Grizzlies on Twitter and follow any other podcast platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, for all the other podcasts on the network, including us, Starting 5, 3D Podcast, the Core 4 Podcast, and GBB Live. Until then, peace. Go Grizz. Go Grizz. Go Grizz.